Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. We're in a two-part message series, and we're really laser-focusing on 1 Peter. And if you're new with us, hey, you're still jumping in on the very beginning of this. And man, was not worship just awesome? I mean, just, this is great stuff already this morning. What we're getting ready to dive into today is going to literally set some trajectory points for people here in Central Kentucky. And so uh, as we dive into today, you know, I just want to really just, just hone in to where God is asking us to focus for 1 Peter. And by the way, who wrote 1 Peter? Oh, come on now. Who wrote 1 Peter? Peter, that's right. Somebody's like, I don't know. I'm just, I, I didn't take that class. Hey, yeah, 1 Peter is written by Peter. And it's a great book, and I encourage you to, to look into it, to dive into it, maybe check some notes out on it, and to read it. But we're picking out some high points in the book of 1 Peter to apply to our life today to apply to our life today. And if you missed last week, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. Uh, But we learned that Peter was writing, was writing to a group of people that were very harshly persecuted uh, between 60 and 65 AD, somewhere in that time frame. And and, and what we do know is Peter wrote this book during a time of an evil, evil man, an emperor named Nero, who, who was causing chaos in life. He was just causing all kinds of problems, not just for Jesus followers, but for everybody, you know, Uh, history believes, history tells us that Nero uh, most likely burned his own city, uh, not just once, but twice. He just did, he's like the the temper tamper child, right? He he just did not like what was going on and, and he actually burnt the city down twice. And then people start blaming Nero for it. So he does what naturally does best when people take the blame, right? He points it to somebody else. He started blaming the Christians during that time. He started blaming the Christians the Christ ones, the Christ ones. And, and what was already a bad environment for Christians in that day and time, it became really bad. It became really, really bad. And so Peter, out of the blues, just came and started writing. And as he was writing, he wrote in First Peter and essentially was trying to give them hope. He was trying to give them hope by encouraging them to remember this world is not your home. You're just passing through it. You're sojourners. This world is not your home. You're called out to be different. When Peter kept saying this message over and over and over again, this world is not your home, Peter essentially called this, God is calling you to be different. God is calling me to be different, you to be different. He's calling everybody to be different. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called out to be different. You will have different values. You'll have a different purpose. You'll have different passions. You'll have different plans. You you will use your time differently through the week. You'll serve. You, You will use your resources God's blessed you with differently. You will invest differently into others. You'll be different as a mom and dad as parents you'll be different as a spouse you'll be different as a child you'll be different as a student you'll be different as a teacher you'll be different by the way where you work where you live and where you play because God is calling us out to be different and so as we begin today in the middle of of something different right something different I want to do something a little bit different And, and if you're new with us we don't typically do this but I felt like this would probably be one of the wisest things we could do to to be different. 
And that would be to stand to our feet in honor of what Jesus is trying to communicate through us, through Peter, in the Word of God today. And so would you stand to your feet as we read 1 Peter? We just worship God, right? We worship Him. We sang some great songs. But let's just read the Word of God in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 and 17. And just allow the Holy Spirit to begin to work on us already this morning. Peter said... Therefore, with the minds that are alert and fully sober. Now, I think you should go right into that real quickly. If sober, if you're hungover this morning, hey, we need to talk, all right? But fully sober, fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you. When Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. I love this phrase, as obedient children. Not disobedient, not delayed obedience, but as obedient children. Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Not everybody in here has lived in ignorance. It's just not knowing. It's just not knowing. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, God says, be holy because I, because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, Peter says, live out your time as foreigners, as sojourners, as somebody who's just passing through. This is not your home. You're called out to be different. Here in reverent, reverent fear. And another version says, live out your time as temporary residents in this place we call home. In other words, this world is not your eternal home. You have a different home. You're just passing through. You have a higher calling. God is calling you to be different. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. And let me just rephrase that. I challenged our leaders this week. Instead of saying problem, here's the challenge, right? Here's the challenge. We have a challenge. And here it is. For so many people in our Christian culture today, we do have a culture called Christianity. It's called Christianese. If I can just shoot to it this morning straight to the challenge and get you start the thinking, the biggest obstacle to us is to fully following Christ is, is our desire to fit in. It's our desire to fit in. Whether that be financially, the way our marriage looks, the, the way we dress, the way we talk, the way we act. The biggest obstacle for so many to be faithful to God's call is to be different and is, is the longing to look like everyone else, to belonging in the world, to fit in. But I hope you'll understand this. Jesus followers. Jesus followers. We're called out. God did not call you to fit in. He called you to stand out. He called you to take the first step. He never said that we're supposed to blend in. He never said we're supposed to blend in and, and to look like the world. He called us out to look differently. We're, we're told not to conform to the patterns of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Peter said, do not conform to the evil desires, the desires of where your heart is when you lived in ignorance, right? It's not knowing. Now that you've been transformed, if you're following Jesus, you have been transformed in Jesus. 
We're never called to blend in as followers of Jesus Christ. We are called to be set apart, to be set apart, to be different in the way we live, in the way we talk, in the way we listen, the way we see things. Why do we want to be normal? Why do we, why do we say, oh, it's, it's the way it is. Why do we say it's just the way it is? Why do we say, oh, that's, that's normal? Right? We do say that. I mean, I've heard people say, ah, it's normal. Even this week in the hub, I've heard people say, ah, it's normal. That's just the way it is. No! No, there's no way that this book is, is Peter. There's no way he, he lived and died and to, to just encourage these people in the first century church. It's, it's like he's talking to us. That's not normal, man. It's not normal for people who follow Jesus to say those things or to do those things or to fall into temptation with those things. You're supposed to stand out, to step into that light. I know it's bright, but I can't see you. I know it's bright. That's what it's supposed to look like, though. Have you ever looked around to see what normal is in our society and our culture? Normal is, is broke, right? Normal's broke. Normal is in bondage. Normal is in fear. Normal is divorce. Normal is tension. Normal is sleepless nights. Normal is that anxiety wells up. Normal is not liking the job. Normal is depression now. We medicate. Normal is you fill in the blank. You fill in the blank. What did I not hit on? That's what normal is. And I don't want anything to do with normal for me or for you this morning. I want to be off the normal road USA. Because Jesus said there's a normal road. And he said there is a road that is broad and wide that people are on. But here's a different road a much more narrow road and the gate is much more smaller. He said only a few people are on this road for broad is the road and paths that lead to destructions but narrow is the road that leads to life and few people find it. My prayer is today that we find we find that road together and we become fully devoted to that road through our passions through our, our love more and more people will find that path that leads to eternal life because of you. God is calling us all to be different. He set us apart. Don't fall into the temptation of being normal. So as we begin, let's just pray. Let's just pray that this right here just changes everything. So pray with me. Jesus, I pray and ask that you would do something that only you can get the credit for. You would, you would personalize this message into the hearts of every single person here and online who's listening. Jesus, I pray the desire to be holy, to be different, to be set apart in all that we do, in all that we love, by living honorably and faithfully, and in to be the light of the world into very dark places. Jesus, help us. Help us to be different for your glory in everything that we say, everything that we do, and everything we get ourselves involved with. Jesus, you called us out to be different. 
because this world is not our home. And I pray that in your name. Amen. As you sit down, be different this morning. Give somebody a high five. Love on somebody. Give give God some praise, man. We're just going to dive into this and see what God does. Yeah, we got some high fives going on. That's different, right? We do it at ball games. Why can't we do it in the loft on the main, man? Come on now. So growing up in a church environment for me, you know, I grew up locally here in the church, um, and I grew up here in Danville, Kentucky, if you don't know some of my story. But I was raised differently, you know, and it's not saying nothing bad about my mom and dad. They were great parents, but they, they just, they protected me. It's almost like they put a little bubble around me, and they didn't let my brother and my sister get involved with very many things, and we were involved with church, and church changed my life. But I just didn't know a lot of songs, I didn't know, I didn't know a lot of words, and I didn't know a lot of bad things, and I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of TV. Matter of fact, my, my first TV show that I can physically remember really wanting to watch was this little, this little club that took place about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and it had all these little people on it, and, and it basically went like this, M-I-C, yeah, somebody knows it, K-U-I, that's right, M-O-U-S-C, Mickey Mouse Club, and then we just started dancing, I remember watching that, so I was, you know, that's a great show, and I remember being protected by that, and so, but growing up, you know, when people would say things at school, because I wanted to fit in, I would just go along with it and laugh with it, even though I had no clue what they were talking about, I was like, oh yeah, 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 that's so funny, (laughs) and I wonder where my son gets at, he's just like me, you know, he's just like me. And I started looking at that, and I remember when people say certain words, and I would just be like, oh, and I would go repeat them, because I didn't know them, right? Because everybody else would laugh, and they just thought it was okay. And I remember in public school one time, and I was like, a fifth grader, sixth grader, I can remember this. You know, it was in the evening hours. It was in the evening hours, and I came home from school one day, and I remember we did our homework always when we came off the bus. We went to the school, set the table. Mom had a snack for us. We was ready to eat, and, you know, because you don't feed us enough at school anyways. But, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, I, just, I was doing my homework, and, and then I remember Mom said, put all your stuff away, and I started putting all my stuff away and putting it in my backpack, and the zipper on the backpack got sort of stuck, and I was just sitting there and just, you know, and I'm just trying my best to get this backpack to figure it out. And, and I was putting my stuff away my, my, from my backpack the next day so I would be ready and be prepared. My zipper wouldn't work. And I was just frustrated. And I tried so many ways to get it unstuck. And all of a sudden, this word formed in the back of my brain. And I don't know where the word came from because we don't say it around my house. But I know this word, for whatever reason, it just sort of remarkably made its way from my brain out of this mouth. And it, when it did, everybody in the room stopped. And they just turned and looked at me. I remember my brother looking at me, my sister looking at me, and of course my mom, she didn't just look at me. She embraced me. <laughs> she embraced me. And I remember, you know, I, try, I, I, was, I was intuitive as a child. And I remember, without missing a beat, I, I, I tried to spin it as if it were one of my spelling words, you know? And I remember immediately my mom came really interested in my spelling words. And she's like, well, let me see that spelling word. And she asked to see it, and I'm just sitting there going, but it's in my backpack, and I can't get it undone, so it's broken. And she goes, you know, well, give me the backpack. And you know, did I ever tell you moms have superpowers? She fixed that backpack real quickly. And, when I, and she gave me the book out, you know, she got the book, and, and, and all of a sudden... 
here I am just praying to God that I could find that word in that book. And I'm not going to tell you the word, but, you know, it's just those things that, you know, you're trying to find the word in the book. You're just praying to God, please let this word be in. And, and after the first minute, she sort of knew, you know. And the second minute, I think it was just for torture. I, I just firmly believe that. And then I think the third minute was just to see how far I would go with this, you know. And I'm just sitting there just rambling, did, you know. And, and did I ever mention the worst beating I ever got as a child? was one for the word, second for lying, and third that I would not forget. So I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I do not want to just go and tell my mom and dad, but they were trying to protect me because I did not want to even participate in spelling class the next week when that word popped up on the word and it was damn. You know, it was one of those moments when it was there and I'm like, no, I know what happened last week when I said that word and there, it was the wrong spelling, wrong word. But guess, guess who did not want to spell it? Now, now the, the problem, the, wait a minute, wait a minute, the challenge is, is God did not call us to be normal or to fit in, and he didn't produce that word in my brain. It's because I chose to fit in, and I chose to say it because it just naturally came out, and I didn't even know what it, talk, what, what it really meant. And see, as Jesus' followers, we're called to be what? Different. And the good news is as I train myself to stop saying those words outwardly, eventually, with some help from my parents, Sunday school teachers, people who want to love on me and help train me. Uh, the problem is for a long time, though, I did not stop thinking them inwardly. Anybody else been there? See, morally, I would not say them because I remember those, those, those three minutes. I remember those three things on the list of, of just because an outwardly behavior pattern that was changed. It got corrected. It did not mean the inner source had been transformed by Jesus Christ, by the grace and love of him. Anybody been there? That inwardly change that takes place spiritually? So what I want to look at from the word of Peter speaking to a group of, of hurting Christians and maybe some of you today as I pray that the Holy Spirit might speak to you in a way that would stir your heart, move you, and possibly even lead you to be set apart today as we leave because Jesus has not called us to blend in, but he's called us to be what? Different. Different from this world. And I, I want to look back, and as he teaches us in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 14 uh, and 16. And he said, as obedient children, we just read it, as obedient children, do not what? Conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. In other words, there was a time when you didn't know any better. You did not know any better. And quite honestly, that's where some of you are right now. If we're just completely honest, you just don't know. You're doing some things right now that, that, that I might say is not the wisest thing in the current circumstance, but you haven't yet learned and you, have, you haven't yet grown or matured and you haven't been transformed by the renewing of Jesus Christ yet. There was a time when you weren't really accountable as, as much because you didn't know. But now you know. But now you know so much better it's time to change. It's time to change. And he said, but, but just as he, just as God, who has called you, as what? Just as he called you to be holy. So be holy in all that you do, in everything. In everything that you do, everything you get your hands involved with, be holy. Then it goes on to say, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. Be holy in all that you do. 
What I hope you'll notice is, is, is what the text does not say, which is what so many people want to believe, that it says how they want to live. It does not say be happy in all you do because I am happy, you're called to be happy too. Do you notice that? There's a difference? Because so many people today, especially in the culture of Christianity, our version of Christianity, where we live in this Bible Belt, where we live, where we call home. So many people believe that God's highest calling and purpose for us is to be happy. If I just got that marriage, if I just get to that right number, I'll be happy. If I just have two kids, two dogs, I'll be happy. Everything will be happy. If I just have that great job, no one nags and complains, and I just go to work, and I don't have to go to work till like 10 o'clock in the morning, it'd be great. Right? Get off at three. What job is that? You know, I just be happy. You see, happy, happiness is based off culture and what we see when we look around. Sometimes our culture can be joy, but it also can be sadness or sad. Even worse, we can be unhappy. We can be bitter, and it can cause us to stumble and fall. I want you to hear this because God's happiness is not your highest calling this morning. God's holiness for you is your higher priority than your happiness. I don't know if anybody heard that in my Baptist upbringing, you would say amen at that moment. God's holiness for you is a higher priority than your happiness. It just is. God's highest calling for Jesus followers is not their happiness. His highest calling is their holiness. And he called us to be set apart. So how are you being set apart this week? How have you been living your life differently? You see, not the problem, the challenge, the challenge with this idea of what God wants is us happy is, is it empowers us. It empowers us to a personal justification in life. And when we think God wants me happy, then we are able to do something, something that otherwise would be wrong or unwise. If God wants me to be happy, I'm not happy in my marriage. What happens? then I can just walk out the door. If I'm just not happy in my marriage, then, then there's a door there that allows me to leave, right? Because he wants me happy. He said, what? It'll be easy. No, 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 no. He said, in this life, you're gonna have trouble. And sometimes it comes in the form of a marriage. You gotta work through some things. It's hard. And you're, you're not supposed to be happily ever <laughs> supposed to be transformed working together with your spouse changing what you care about and if I'm not happy because I don't have this thing then can I get this thing right even if I have to beg still borrow or go into massive debt to get my happiness because I believe this thing will make me happy whether it be a new house new car new clothes new watch some people That new iPhone coming out, come on, you just got to have it, right, to make me happy just because it's got the new emoji slide. You just got to have it. That'll make me happy. I'm dating someone, and I know that I should wait. (laughs) I should wait until I'm married before we engage in God's gift of lovemaking, which is reserved for marriage. And and just because I want to be happy, and pleasurable for just a couple minutes, I lose my mind. And I'm going to do it because God wants me happy though, right? He wants me happy. 
this week. What it does, it empowers us to personalize, this justifies something that otherwise would be wrong or unwise. And when we believe above all else that God wants us to be happily ever after, suddenly discomfort and delay and risk and inconvenience could not possibly be God's will. And suddenly, without even knowing it, we begin to worship the false God of comfort. Money. You know, the prosperity gospels? Ever heard of them? Pleasure. And other things. See, God is supposed to get me what I want. Even if it's, even if it's because cancer is there. God is supposed to make me happy. We need to understand God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. And he calls us to be set apart. He calls us to be holy. And what does the, world, the word mean by holy? What, is it, what does that word mean? If you know anything about Greek, we're going to learn a little Greek this morning. The Greek word of holy is actually hagias. Hagias, the word hagias is translated literally as holy. It means different or it means to set apart. It means pure. God is calling us to be different. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. He is calling you to be set apart. He is calling us to be different, to live differently. So if you ever, ever thought about different in, in a way that you work, you live, or you play, you might be following Christ. However, if you're not any different from the rest of the world, I promise you, you're not following Christ. God calls us to be different and set apart. You're following you. You're following you because you want to be happy. If the Bible does not challenge you, if the Bible, the word of God does not challenge you, then you're not really following the Bible. You're following the Bible according to you. Jesus simply said, you're following you, right? No, he said, follow me. He said, follow me and your life would change and it would be different. When we decided to follow Jesus as a family, and we decided just to roll up our sleeves and say, and this is where we want to go with our lives. We, we, we adopted four words. And we knew those four words were going to be challenging in our family because they, 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 just, they just are. But those four words are long obedience in the same direction. No matter what comes our way, long obedience, same direction. And, and to be fair and to be honest, we still struggle with this as, as, as a husband and wife team. We're not perfect by all means. But we evaluate where we're at all the time. And we openly discuss things. We do our best to point our kids to Jesus. And, and, and we cheat other things when they come our way. You see, my kids, my kids, my four M's, M1, M2, M3, M4, they love to play with us, play with us constantly. Sometimes it wears us out. From jumping on the trampoline in the backyard, just spending time dancing and doing fun things. We have dance nights sometimes at our house. It gets kind of real rowdy. It, to, to, to walks in the park, to going fishing. 
Some of the greatest memories ever was my son, five-year-old, catching a six-pound largemouth bass that literally pulled him in the boat, pulled him into the water from the boat. He's like, how do I get it? I'm just watching, man. I'm going to watch this fight go down. And he got that fish in. He's like, ah! you know, it was just a great moment. I got to experience it. To playing sports, right? To playing sports, whether it be basketball, running, soccer, where we're not only supporting them and, and helping out, but we get to get out there and volunteer and invest our time, and not just into our kids, but into other families, into other families as well. And then to, to playing this game that we have made up in our family called Zugor. I'm proud of Zugor because I get to dress up. I get to dress up and scare the crap out of my kids. And then I go, I wear this mask, right? Don't judge me. I wear a mask, and then I just hunt them down in the house, and I walk around yelling Zugor, and I tickle them until they, they say mercy, until they say mercy, or, I say, or they start to pee in their pants, right? I mean, it's just one of those things. It's just an awesome game that we play, and I don't know. Man, it is just a great moment that allows us to get closer as a family. And so we pray with them. We pray with them. We love them. We teach them, we sing with them, and hopefully one day all four of them will find it pure joy to follow Jesus in a way that is different. And those are, are, are just some of the, the many different things that we do in our family, that we do in our family to be different. Not only do we believe we are different, but I, I want to show you the value behind it. And this is why different sometimes is often better than fitting in. All this to say, parents, parents, I hope you understand this with an open heart and open ears. If you, if you want to raise your, your, your kids differently, that can change lives, that can impact the world, at some point in your life, you need, you need to be different. You physically have to change what you care about. Even in my own walk, I know it's, it's hard. My phone goes off constantly. And I'm not saying don't call me, but I'm just saying I have to learn how to put that thing down and set time aside for my kids. If I say they're important, they're watching. They're observing. It's that little device that's four inches tall, two, three inches wide, more important than me. Is it more important to go do that one extra thing during this season of life? Or is it more important to spend time and invest into them? We're called to be different parents. And if you're not different in any way, in form or shape or size, how in the world can you expect your child to see the value of following Jesus? Do you think it's just coming to church? Or from Air One or Caleb? If you're training them to go to church, they will hate church eventually. And by the way, I don't consider this church, I, I just consider this a gathering point where we get to come and worship God. This is just a sending point. Church is when you get together with two or three and then you become the church. And if you're not different in how you live, how can you expect your children to have any, any tolerance to being set apart or different in the world? Because they're just fitting in. See, God is calling us to be holy, hagias, in all that we do. And the way we are holy may be a little bit different than the way your holy looks like at home. The standards that we set in our family may be a little bit different than the standards that you set 
But at the bottom line is, is if we all follow Jesus for the standards, we believe we would be pleasing to him and honorable to him and it would change lives. You see, Peter goes on to say that in, 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 in the New Living Translation, he says that, so you must live. So you must live as God's obedient children. And then he says in this version, he says, don't slip back. Don't slip back into your old ways because the past is in the past and the only person that wants to hold you in the past is who? That's right. You see, when, you, when you're spiritually transformed by the new renewing of your mind, you're launching forward into something new and that is with Jesus. And if you constantly be looking in the past, there's only one person that wants to hold you hostage there. And it's Satan. And see, it says, it says God's obedient children. You literally, you know, do something. Be obedient in a way that changes things. You're, you, you don't slip back into your old ways to satisfy your own, own desires. Don't slip back. I, I like the fact that, you, you, you know, we, we, we don't slip back, right? Uh, we don't fall into trouble is a better way. We, we don't slip back because how many of us, you know, people can to slip into trouble, Right? How many people know people that we, we just sort of slip into trouble? Because you never slip into righteousness. We, 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 see, we see people all the time, I just, I, just, I just fell into it. I got back into an old habit. I got into this. Or I, 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 it just snuck up. I didn't see it coming. I, it's something I was into involved with a long time ago. I, I did this a lot when I grew up. and you, you just don't fall into trouble, right? You don't slip backwards, right? How many people slip into righteousness? People say all the time, I just slip or I fell into it. I fell backwards. I'm backsliding. In our Kentucky language and, and Lincoln and Boyle and Garrett and Casey, we say, I backslid. Right? We, we use that word all the time. I'm, I'm backsliding in my faith. What's that mean? I see it totally different. You're not being obedient. You're not really following what Jesus says. You're just pleasing yourself. People say all the time, I just slipped or fell into it, but you never hear the words, I fell into righteousness because we make a choice to change. When we follow Jesus, we make a choice to change, which creates a ripple effect into eternity. And that's why we are called to be different. Surely it's okay to, you know, think about this. Surely it's okay to, 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 to click like on a, on a half naked photo on Instagram, right? Or Facebook, social media getting really quiet in here by the way because everybody does it everybody hits like everybody clicks the like everybody likes to be liked because they just want to be part of the like button right it's okay to talk about that person because they came to me with the, the issue and now I can help that person but is 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 that gossip and, and is your kids hearing you gossip about somebody in a negative way and now they're viewing that person negative I remember early on in my life it just a couple years ago in the church plan I remember somebody said the word about me that was evil and the kid came up to me and said the next day man you're evil and I'm like where'd you get that four-year-old kid where did you get that I know where gossip come on everybody does it come on Jason what are you you're calling me out no God is did God really say not to watch Netflix or HBO show at middle of the night? I know it's got some bad stuff on it, and, but does God really like Sheldon on natural TV? I mean, come on. 
some of the things he says, right? Did God really say not to listen to the music with all those kinds of lyrics in it? Especially ones that referred to women as a dog? Or talks about them unjustly? I mean, you know, it doesn't bother me. I, I, I don't repeat it. I just like it for the beat, right? It doesn't bother me. It's just whatever. This is why this message is so challenging. Is I don't want us to get hung up on one or two things. Did God really say whatever it is? I, I'm a lot better than those people over there. I'm better than her or him or my dad or my mom. I'm better than them. We use language like that a lot. A lot of people are, are not the standard people. People are not the standard. Do you understand this? A lot of people are not the standard. God calls us as Jesus followers to be different and to be set apart. In fact, as you go this week, here's some questions that I want you to just to write down and, and maybe even talk about and think about them. Maybe in some groups that you're going to get a part of this week and some people talking around food, or maybe your family devotion this week. Think about it and to be really honest, just really put it in application. But here they are, just three, three quick questions and we'll put an application question in there as well. What are, what are three areas that I struggle most trying to fit in? What are three areas that I struggle most trying to fit in? When is a time that I put my happiness above God's call for my holiness? And what are the biggest ways that I'm different from the world? And I hope you struggle with them. I hope you struggle with these questions because that shows, shows we're trying, we're, we're, we're challenged to, to dive into being, living a life of obedience. If you're a follower of Jesus, there are going to be some ways and where we're, we're, we're going to celebrate those ways that change lives. There are going to be some moments that literally, but there's going to be other ways that literally allow us to just take huge steps forward and to say, this was awesome. This was a point of application. It changed my life and it changed everybody else's. But here's a question. What is the area that God wants me to be different in the most? What is it? What is the biggest area that God is showing me that he wants me to be different today? We don't just come to church and listen and walk out of here. We come together to be the difference makers in a world that's looking for hope. You might say, why does this even matter? It, it's normal. Let me try to close out with this and, and, and just allow the Holy Spirit to move you. And hopefully you'll see why it's so important. In 1 Peter 1, 18 through 21, Peter goes on to say this, and, and, and he says it to these hurting Christians. He says, you need to remember this. For you know it, 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 it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from this empty way of life handed down from your ancestors. It wasn't with these things that you were set free from the longing for more. He says, but it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. It was the sinless son of God who set you free. It was Jesus that pointed you towards life. It was the risen son who forgave your sins and made you new. 
He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last days for your sake. Through him, you believe in God. And through Christ, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. So your faith and hope are in God. You see, it's, it's, in, it's through Christ. It's, it's literally through Jesus Christ. And we need to understand that living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. Living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. Living holy, we, we can't be good enough on our own to please him. We can't come to church enough to, to live more of a holy, hagios lifestyle. Living holy is not the path to knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is the pathway to holiness. Knowing Christ is the pathway to holiness. And so when we know Christ, it's just not that I have to do that or I don't get to do this. And, and I wish I could go do this wild thing that's kind of fun. Everybody else is doing it for fun. But our heart on the inside starts to change. Instead of, oh, I, I don't want, right? Or I wish I could. Instead, it's, it's like, I don't want to do anything that's displeasing to God. I want to live a life that brings glory to him. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care if they laugh at me. I don't care if they call you, what, a fruitcake, right? I, I just don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care if they laugh. I don't care if it's, if it's different I don't care if they criticize me. I'm living for an audience of one because he has made me different. Jesus has called us to be difference makers and he has made my life and I will follow him to the end of my days. Because of what he did for me, I am different. I am proud to be different. I am not ashamed to confess to everyone. I am different because of who he is in me. And this is the key and don't miss it. What I am not talking about is this outward behavior modification, right? To just change this outward appearance, to know the language. A lot of people know the language. What I'm talking about is an inward spiritual transformation that takes place when you follow Jesus. This can only happen when Peter says it in verse 14. It says this, as obedient children, as obedient children. When was the last time that you really followed him and did what he said? When you listened to him in a way that changed the atmosphere. You can't go to enough worship experiences or gatherings through a week to change the direction of your life. You'll just be really, really busy through the week. Living holy isn't the pathway to knowing Christ. However, I promise you, you can get connected to the one who can set you on the narrow road and a life full of holiness by knowing Christ. Knowing Christ will leave you living differently. It will lead you to living differently. And so that's my prayer as you go. I pray that you live differently this week in a way that radically changes everything around you that challenges you to think differently, that allows you to think before you speak. It allows you to think before you hit click. It allows you 
seriously, live in a way that you know without a shadow of a doubt, this is no longer your home. You're just a sojourner passing through in a limited amount of time to make a difference. And so how are you gonna do that? What does it look like for you and your family? What does it look like for your family's family? Family. Let's pray. Jesus, in the midst of where we're at, in a culture that's literally just seeking you and looking for hope in a lot of wrong places, God, and we sometimes just sort of want to fit in. God, allow us to step in to your light and allow us to not have those desires anymore. Allow us to not to have those inward desires and allow us to be completely transformed by the renewing of our, our mind and our heart. And we begin to seek you with all of our heart, all of our soul and all of our mind. And it, and it starts with simply being obedient. So whatever that looks like, I know we all come up here with baggage. We come up here with hurts and pains and hangups. Jesus, I just pray that we can leave them here today at the altar and we step into a new pattern, a new way, which is to follow your way. Jesus, that's my prayer because we're called to be different, different makers in this world we call home for now. Jesus, move us. Allow us to change what we care about. Allow us to put love at the center of the table and talk about it often. Allow us to talk about things that honor you and glorify you. Allow others to see it in a way that changes their lives. Because we're called to be different. In your name, amen.